it, Red Arms. Give it your all. We'll drink the wine till the cup is dry and kiss the girls and then the cry and toss the dice until we fly and dance with Jack of the Shadows. Welcome back to another episode of Tales of a Red Arm. I'm half your host, Justin. I guess that makes me the other half, James. Yep, 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 James. I hope you're the other half. Of... Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody lost their mind. Amnesia or something. But anyway. No I'm, no, I'm actually a talking dog, as he has assumed his position as a podcast. Aw, good boy. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, here we are covering. <laughs> here we are covering chapter eleven. The road to Tarn Ferry. Um, it is Tarn Ferry, isn't it, James? I don't know Tarn, Terran, however you want to say it. Well, however you're supposed to say it, Tarn, but yeah. Well, I mean, you can pronounce it as Flaffin uh, if you really want, but as what? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Alrighty. Anyway, <clears throat> we have a bit of a short episode today. At least we're assuming it will be. We won't know until we get to the end of it, but it's probably going to be under an hour. So enjoy the quick in-between episodes before they probably get a little bit longer. Um, or back to our normal, I guess, between an hour and a half and two hours. So um, I guess we'll jump right in and get her done with. That way, uh, yes. you all can go back to not enjoying our podcast nearly as much as you would like to. <laughs> but, anyway, um, so the last chapter, um, our fearless party, but but um, our fearless party uh, was being chased by the wonderful, lovely Drakkar, a flying beast of. Slightly vampiric kind of, I guess, shape, form, means, etc. Very different in how it actually functions from a uh, vampire, but that kind of a concept. Um, and as they were riding the North Road to head to Tarn Ferry to try to cross the river and, you know, get out of the two rivers by the only means possible. So here we are still on the North road. Um, basically you can kind of picture it more of a line of horses. Um, they're not really huddled together. They're kind of stretched out a little bit. Um, basically moonlight's the only light they got. And depending on the angle, there are certain things you can and cannot see. So, Lan's leading the way, but because he's wearing his water cloak, can't really see much of him. <laughs> and he has a black mm. stallion, a horse, <laughs> so you can't really see him either way. Um, Moraine st sticks out like a sore thumb with her white mare. Um, and it's the same speed as Lan, so... Just follow the white horse. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, everybody else is trying to follow in a line and they use a, uh, <laughs> I love this phrase as if they were all tied to a rope with one end in the water's hands. Um, so Rand's last in line with, uh, our favorite Gleeman, Tom Marilyn right ahead of him. And 
Um, everybody else is kind of just ahead of them, but you can't really tell. But Tom never looks back at Rand. He's just pretty much keeping an eye on where he's going, but not anything behind them. And <clears throat> so basically, Rand's kind of resigned himself to being the alarm if Trolloc, Safade, or a Drakkar show up. Um, so he checks behind him every once in a while and then keeps remembering this one phrase the Drakkar worse than Trollocs and Fades that's what Tom had told him but it's it can't keep you on your toes especially if you're the last one in line (laughs) (laughs) I mean you've you've all probably seen a movie of some sort where a person's walking with some other friends or whatever and the person in the back gets nabbed by like some monster or something it's like yeah that's kind of what it feels like really uh, at least i assume that's what ran feels like but he probably mm. hasn't watched any of those since they don't have tv <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um so cloud his gray uh horse is basically just trying to keep up but Mostly because he has it's it's a, it's a speed horse, it's a race horse. It has no problem keeping the pace. So with him kind of holding back as he's behind the line, the horse is trying to go faster. He's like, no, no, we got to stay in the back because Cloud kind of feels it like a race. He's trying to like beat Land Stallion, and it's just like, uh, this is just a weird situation for the fastest horse to be in the back at the slowest point, but. So, Rand just basically hangs on to him and tries to hold him back a little bit. But he kind of, like, lays low. And he looks over at Bella repetitively because he's worried about Bella and Egwene. Bella is not a long-distance runner. She's a, <laughs> she's more of a dwarf. <laughs> she very dangerous over short distances. Um, but... She's basically just running as fast as she could, and that's that. Um, Lan hadn't wanted a going to be around, but if Bella starts to fail, Rand's worried that Lan won't stop for her. Like, she's good as gone. Um, but the Aes Sedai thinks highly of the boys but not necessarily of a grain. And I would also add Tom to that conclusion. Um, mm. But he basically decides that if Bella falls back, he's going to fall back just that way. So they won't abandon a Gwen. And then he, this part is kind of something I want to tuck away for lighter, but he says, it says, with all his heart and desperation, he silently shouted at Bella to run like the wind, silently tried to will strength into her. Run. His skin prickled and his bones felt as if they were freezing, ready to split open. The light helped her run, and Bella ran. So, keep that tucked away. Useful information. So they kind of fly by, still northwards, towards uh, Tarn Ferry. And they're going past some farmhouses with uh, different little bitty lights like candles or torches or whatever. And basically dogs come out barking at them and then disappear quickly because, you know, horses are faster than dogs. 
in this particular instance, considering the dogs aren't chasing them, they're just challenging them with barks and stuff. <clears throat> and the dogs are like, meh, they're gone now. <laughs> so <laughs> they uh, basically are pitch black minus the moonlight, and basically land, show, uh, land slows down, bringing the horses to a stop. And Rand has no idea what time it is when they started, when they got here. It's it's all a blur. So they all of a sudden notice that it's a whole bunch of lights ahead of them. And Rand's like, I don't I don't get it. And then all of a sudden he's like, Whoa, we actually made it to Watch Hill already? <laughs> It's like, yeah, you kind of been booking it, dude. And it's, I mean, it's it's quite the accomplishment. Let's put it that way. Um, it's it's probably the record time to go from Emmons Field to Watch Hill, but they still have further to go to get to Tarn Ferry. <clears throat> so. Um. Rand and Tom dismount because Lan had dismounted and all the horses are just like we're done. <laughs> and uh, so Rand's like, well, we're probably not going to get any further tonight. And then Tom's like, yeah, as I would love to, you know, get away from all these villages and get back to civilization you know, resting in a, a tavern or a, a, an inn wouldn't be that great of a problem if we just, you know, have enough of a lead against the Trollocs and whatnot. <clears throat> and Rand, using his large amount of intelligence he has at the moment, suggests <laughs> stopping in Watch Hill for the rest of the night. And I'm thinking... So you want Watch Hill to get burned to the ground. That's what you're saying. <laughs> Perfect. I know, right? Plan to conquer the two rivers in action in reverse mindset. Um, so they can smell the cooking. Um, their mouths are watering. And you can tell that, you know, Beltine hadn't been bothered by what happened in Emmons Field and whatnot. Which you'd think to some extent that somebody in Watch Hill would have noticed, you know, would have noticed a giant plume of smoke coming up from the side of Emmons Field. And it's like, yeah, it's a little bit larger than three bonfires. <laughs> it's got to just, you know, the remnants and ashes of a village. Hey, hey, Jaren, have you noticed here that there's more smoke over there? Ah, uh, you know, there's Emmons Field lot, you know, very raucous, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> they don't know how to stop smoking to save their life. <laughs> so um Rand looks over at Egwene and she's leaning against Bella and I'm I'm confused why Egwene is so tired from being on a horse. I mean, yeah, you could be a little bit sore, but she's like exhausted and I'm sitting here like, um that doesn't make sense, but knowing that she wants to go out into the world and you know, experience everything. It doesn't seem like she's going to get very far if this much going literally from one town to another is going to be the undoing of her. <laughs> like, 
She's not going to make it across, across the Tarn Ferry at this pace. So, basically, everybody is exhausted except for, it seems, the Warder and the Aes Sedai. Matt's like, yeah, I could use some singing, a hot mutton pie at the White Boar. And the White Boar is not nearly as good as the Wine Spring, but I've never really been further than Watch Hill. And parents like, well, the white boar isn't so bad. I'd take a mutton pie and a hot tea to get the chill off my bones. Like, you guys sound like a bunch of old men. <laughs> you're like not even I mean, in your 20s yet, so you're already talking like somebody's in their 80s. I'd like a hot tea to take the chill off my bones. Oh, and a hot mutton pie. Oh. And then I'll have you pick up this part here. Uh, and the such as the nature of here things, uh, you've made me start counterpicking myself. So it's Tarin, isn't it? Yes, it is. <laughs> there, there we are. I've only reminded you like twelve times so far. Yeah, yeah, you did. And here, then I'm just saying, like, okay, it's this one. Is this one, or is just, it? Just think. Just oh, think no. <laughs> just all you have to do is think about like a jar of tar. All right. <laughs> we're gonna okay. We're gonna pause the the podcast right now, ladies and gentlemen, and we're gonna have some word exercises. <laughs> to mean Sorry. I'm gonna get a to mean that I'm gonna get a pair of pliers and pull my tongue out. Uh, well, I mean you don't need pliers for that. You just need a nail and good hammer. But <laughs> but anyway, we're gonna actually not stop the podcast to do that. We're just joking. <sighs> At least I was joking, but or was I? Anyway, go ahead. <clears throat> Take it away. We're going to stop immediately. We are crossing the Tyrone. Lance said sharply. Not for William more than a few minutes. But the horses, Rand protested. We'll run them to death if we don't need a trade to go any farther tonight. Rainstye, surely you... He had vaguely noticed her moving among the horses. But he had not paid any real attention to what she did. Now she brushed it past him, made to lay her hands on Cloud's neck. Rand fell silent. Suddenly, the horse he had tossed his head into a softy wicker, nearly pulling the reins from Rand's hands. The grey danced a step, a step sideways, as restive as if he had spent a week in the stable. Without a word, Rain bent it. Right, Rain went to Bella. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I saw the B first. I yeah. saw the B first, and then <laughs> <laughs> I did not know she could do that. Rand said he softly to Lan, his cheeks hot. You of all people, you should have been suspected it. The warder replied. You watched her with your father. She will be watching all the fatigue away, first from the horses, then from the rest of you. The rest of us, not you, not me, sheep herder. I don't need it. Not yet. And not her. What she can do if Arthur sees she cannot need to for herself. Only one of us who will ride tired. You already better hope that she does not grow too tired before we reach the top island. Too tired for what? Rand asked the water. You were right about Bella, Rand. Rain said from where she is stood here by the mare. She has a good heart. And as much as stubbornness as the rest of you two river folks. Strange as it seems, she may be the least weary of all. And that last line, tuck that away. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's <laughs> Lan and Moraine have their methodology on how they do things. <laughs> if no one's picked mm-hmm. that up yet, <laughs> but um, it's it typically works out for the best, at least so far. Um, Lan's calling how far they go when they stop, etc, etc, etc. But Moraine is doing what she can for everyone when she can. Now, it seems like an awkward relationship, I know, because, you know, you have um, the warder, who is supposed to be like the bodyguard follower person doing whatever the Aes Sedai says, is actually taking command of where they're going and whatnot, and how fast they're moving and all that jazz. Moraine seemingly is letting him do it. So the best thing to grasp from this part is that they have a very long history with each other. And they also have a very strong trust of each other. They know their limits. They care about each other, not necessarily in a romantic fashion, but in a very much, um, I've put all my eggs in one basket for you kind of thing. Kind of both directions, if you will. Moraine relies on land for protection and his experience and whatnot and what appears to be history of soldiering. Um, and then land trusts Moraine's wisdom and guidance in terms of uh, what to do, what not to do, etc. To some extent, land already has that of his own accord, but it's something where they kind of they balance on each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know that seems like a lot to pull out of this, but it, it's there if you look deep enough. Um, but basically Rand here talking to Land about like being exhausted and whatnot and the horses and Rand doesn't understand. And it's understandable that he doesn't understand because again, he's a country bumpkin that is not familiar with Aes Sedai, the ways of Aes Sedai, what they're capable of doing or whatnot. So him saying, I did not know she could do that, is actually fair. Like, he doesn't know that. Now, Land knows that he knows that Lorraine can do things with the one power, but Land should know that Rand doesn't know what she can do with the one power. Because <laughs> mm. again, Rand is not a trained Aes Sedai of old to know, hey... I know all the things about all the things. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so we learn here that Moraine is using up her strength in the one power. And I mean, I dare say beyond the one power and is basically giving her all to get them to the Tarn Ferry as fast as possible um so she's gonna ride tired but nobody else will um and then we learn that um land never gets to answer rand's question (laughs) Hmm. um too tired for what yes uh I do notice, Dave, that they never actually expl- like explained what is actually going to be done when they eventually get to Tarvalin. 
they've given not necessarily explicit details, just heavily, <laughs> no, they haven't. heavily based upon their safety there. Now, with Halfmen, there's a presumed safety because Halfmen can, you know, port in shadows and stuff, so they could easily get inside the Shining Walls. They just won't do as much there because the Shining Walls are kind of impressive for basic forces to try to scale or get through, but Halfman porting inside won't really do a whole lot for getting obliterated by an Aes Sedai. <laughs> so, um, hmm. there's a presumed safety, but it depends ultimately on how badly the Halfman wants him. So, we don't get a whole lot really in the detail of getting there and what's going to happen. At least not yet. Um, <clears throat> so Maureen returns and, or well, not returns. She's still standing by Bella, but she mentions that Rand was right about Bella and she has a good heart and much stubbornness to the rest of the two rivers folk. Strange is the same. She's the least wary of all. Again, keep that tucked away. It'll always come in useful. But then we are interrupted by a scream in the darkness, like a man dying under sharp knives. Because <laughs> that's not graphic at all. But at least it gives you an idea, more or less, what a Drakkar sounds like. Not very vampire-like in that regard. Um, not very subtle either. Huh? Not very subtle either. True. So... Jakar swoops really low right over them. But the horses are flipping out and beginning to panic. But the wind of the Jakar's wings had hit ran what felt like a piece of like it felt like slime. Um which I don't know if anybody's ever played with slime or slipped into it if it was like a like a ocean kind of slime from like uh what is it seaweed and stuff like that where it's kind of like a it got like a little weird sliminess on it it's kind of what it felt like for him and he's like no time to even think about it because cloud just freaks out on his own and tries to shake something off even though ironically rand's not in the saddle yet so lucky for him um, but he was jerked off his feet, dragged across the ground, and Cloud was trying to get away from something, but he, apparently Cloud thought, and as they say, as though big gray felt wolves, or as the big gray felt wolves tearing at his hawks. Um, but Rand manages to get the grip on the reins and then scrambles to his feet, taking... A bunch of jumps, kind of like if you're like being dragged by a car, you're kind of like trying to get up, staggering, and then getting dragged back down again. It's that kind of concept. Um, but he's not going to let Cloud get away, so he barely catches the bridle. And when Cloud rears, he picks him up the ground, and basically hoping that the horse would <laughs> quiet down, but also just holding on for dear life. So... The landing that Cloud does just nearly cracks Rand's teeth, which is kind of funny, actually. Um, <laughs> it'd be hilarious if, like, everyone at the beginning gets, like, cracks their teeth, so the entire series you get to, like, 
No, like, oh, they don't have teeth right now. <laughs> that would be funny. Um, so Cloud's just flipping out because apparently Cloud felt the slime as well. And obviously the horse did not like it. And I would imagine nobody else's horse is like that. So everyone's just like trying to get a hold of their horses and then they're all being dragged around and of course Moraine and Lan are just sitting there like their horse is calm they're like are you guys done <laughs> I just imagine you just say like Moraine just being like what 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 is what are you doing <laughs> just staring at just everyone's ineptitude well Lan is Moraine's on her saddle or in her saddle on her horse and lands on the foot, but with a sword in his hand. And I'm thinking, please don't pull off like a Star Wars, you know, jump in the air, cut the, you know, don't cut the side off of the Tie Fighter when it comes by. Uh, like, like, I can only handle so much cheesiness. See, when I, when I was reading the reading the first time, he like reading through this, I was here like, oh yeah, here it is. Here, here we go. <laughs> here it comes. It, it just got real apparently but he just stands there next to his stallion and just both of them are being really quiet now funny thing watch hill was having like a bunch of merrymaking happiness flutes music food dancing song all that fun stuff and it just like gets really quiet and it's just out of nowhere just quiet and then Rand's like, yeah, they'd probably listen, and then they'd go back to just having fun. And go figure. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> so, Lan tells everybody, get on your horses. And then he mentions... He, he jumps in his horse, by the way, obviously. Cheating a sword. But he mentions something that's interesting to learn about the Jakar. The Jakar would not have showed itself unless it had already reported our whereabouts to the Murdraw. It tracks mm. us now, marking us for the Halfman. It won't be far. So, obviously, another shriek happens and Wash Hill gets quiet again. And then it just starts right back up. But, um, it makes you know, like, <clears throat> Jakar don't scream just for the sake of screaming, per se. There's usually a tactic involved with a scream typically to drive someone in fear or whatever or to announce someone's presence in this case it's probably announcing someone's presence so if the halfman's following with his troops trollocs that the drakar screaming is going to point it in the a direction that knows it needs to go um so luckily for watch hill they're not going to get any attention driven towards them because they're kind of a little bit out of the way So the party is <clears throat> trying to <laughs> get going. But of course, Tom, aside from Lan and Moraine, is the first in his saddle. Um, but everyone gets going, except, of course, Rand. <laughs> Always Rand. Yeah, he, so, he's just busy pratfooling everywhere. Yeah, basically. Um, Egwene yells at him, like, hurry up, hurry up. And then you hear the Jakar, and then Bella's going a few steps because it's trying. Bella's, Bella's wanting to go. Um, Rand's like, oh, I'm just standing here with my sword out. No, look at that. Look at me. I'm, I'm, I'm pulling a, a Star Wars. Yeah. And then, See, um, 
See, again, just reading that bit, I was like, oh, okay, is he gonna, like, do it? Is he actually gonna have this fighting moment? Then he's uh, just like, uh, uh, this is actually really embarrassing. I'm just gonna leave. And it's like, yeah. aww. Yeah. I felt so, I felt so, it's like, so put out. Just reading that bit, it's like, come on. I, I just love the fact that we're... Do something. <laughs> but it's like the, it's like the, the little cartoon with the little blob guy poking it with a stick. Come on, do something. <laughs> but, um... It's one of those things where it's like, the characters in the series realize that, yeah, there's magic, and there's crazy things you can do, or you have Blade Master weapons with what would appear to be a Blade Master, at least in the group. But even they, with the Blade Masters, with magic and everything, they realize, this looks stupid, don't embarrass yourself. And then I'm looking at Star Wars like, I'm looking at you, Star Wars! <laughs> Uh, you're, you're only saying that just because we haven't seen anyone do like a ninja flip yet and, and take a tie fighter out of the sky yeah 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 oh and ex yeah. and have the person in the tie fighter survive an explosion and a crash landing man we're just okay, okay, okay I, don't, I don't i don't know about that bit but anyway moving <laughs> on. <laughs> just adding to the ridiculousness of it um so he gets embarrassed, puts his sword away, hoping no one sees him. <laughs> they got moonlight, but hopefully it doesn't catch on what he's doing. So he sheathes it, jumps back on his horse, and they're off again. Um, they take off at full gallop, and dogs bark in the village. But <clears throat> Rand's not sure if it was them or Trollocs that they smelled. Um... There's a scream, and all the horses are trying to run together, but Land's trying to get them spread out. But another scream happened, and it's like, yeah, no, we're going to stay clustered. Um, <laughs> so Ran is behind Moraine and Lan, and it seems like his horse is trying to get between them. Um, Egwene and Tom are on either side of him, and then this time Perrin and Matt get to be the lucky ones in the back. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it says here that Cloud is spurred on by Drakkar's cries and ran beyond anything Rand could do to slow him even if he had wanted to but he couldn't gain as much of a step on the other horses and it's funny because it's like there's some speed on that horse I would probably argue it's the fastest horse in the party because it's explicitly a racing horse and it's probably a difficult thing for the other horses to keep up with Cloud. But yet here, Cloud is not actually going faster than the other the horses in front of him. Maybe that's because the other horses are slowing him down because he can't get past them and he's flanked on either side. So basically, Rand's in the middle of the party at this point. Um, so I don't think he has anywhere he can go with the fast gray. So, of course, the Drakkar is still shrieking at them, like an alarm sounding. Um, and here we come to another obvious thing with Bella. The Aes Sedai must have done something more than simply riding, uh, ridding her of fatigue. Keep that tucked away. It's like the fourth time. <laughs> <laughs> third time at least um 
So Egwene is smiling in excited delight because she's insane. <laughs> that's like the that's like the last thing I would be doing in that situation. Like, yeah, I'm about to get snatched by a vampiric being that's gonna snake take me off the horse and do something really, really bad to me. Yeah. Yeah, we're about to die. <laughs> Don't get me started on the cupcake song. Yeah. <sighs> but <laughs> um so Rand is confused because her her braid is flying behind her. It's obvious that the speed they're moving would make sense. But he also notices the gleam in her eyes. And it's not just from the, the moon. So she's getting her... <laughs> she's getting, like, really excited about this adventure thing. And... <laughs> This next part is great. His mouth dropped open in surprise until a swallowed bite me set him off in a fit of coughing. <laughs> he basically swallowed uh, a mosquito. And it's just like, that's why, I mean, you you feel for motorcyclers and people who are on mopads and whatnot, they're going like 60 miles an hour and all of a sudden, you know, laughing or something. And all of a sudden a bug goes right in the throat. <laughs> it's all you can do not to get flying off of the horse because of the impact of it going in and screwing with you but so land bent not really bends over but kind of like asks a question of moraine but moraine shouts over the wind and the pounding hooves saying i cannot most especially not from the back of a galloping horse <laughs> now that phrase alone has a couple implications but i'm gonna leave those there they are not easily killed even when they can be seen we must run and hope is more of a Witcher joke if no one caught on to that, but um So basically it seems like Lan asked the question of hey, can you take the car down? And she's like, not from the back of a horse. I'd have to be on firm ground and even when I see it, I'd have trouble probably killing it. Um So <clears throat> they get a little bit of small fog. It just goes up to the horse's knees and they kind of like bleed through it really fast. And then all of a sudden more and more fog and mist happens to show up. And the Jakar seems really ticked <laughs> because the fog then envelops everyone in the group and they vanish into it and then appear and then vanish again. But it's got like a cold moistness that is hitting the riders as they go through it. Like it's a very thick cloud. Um, but that was just from the tips. So then they get hit by a whole entire wall of fog. Just poof, they're in it. And all of a sudden, it's, it's, it's like when you go outside and it has that very calm falling snow where it kind of just drifts down at a slow pace and it's dead silent outside because all that snow from the snowflake all the snowflakes and everything and all the snow on the ground and everything completely mutes all sound because of the noise dampening aspect of it and everything and it's a it's a wonderful wonderful thing to be in but that's because i'm biased i love snow um but it's a great relaxing type of thing so in this case you have like 
seven horses just galloping at full speed, but all of a sudden it's just like you can hardly hear even the horses galloping, even the one you're on, because there's that much fog. Um, and you can only vaguely see Egwene and Tom on either side of him. And then Lan's like, hey, they still know we're going to where we're going because there's only one place to go. <laughs> Tom hmm. and Ferry. Um, but they can't really tell, you know, where his voice is coming from because it's really reverberating across all this and it's kind of muffled at the same time. So Maureen says, merge roll or sly, I will use its own slyness against it. So with the sound of them being muffled, it's going to be difficult for the Jakar to notice them. The fact that they can't be seen by the Jakar also helps their case. Now, I'm going to let you know a little secret about Jakar that we haven't really gotten to yet, but it's going to make sense when you think about the spot, because I'm not going to have you tuck this one away, because it'd be very, very vague for you to remember. But Jakar are not the brightest. They're not very intelligent. They're dangerous. They're extremely dangerous. But they're not the most intelligent. So, if a Jakar loses track of you in a fog, it doesn't know where you're going. It's not a Merdral. Merdral are intelligent. The Jakar, not so much. Um, so, a Jakar trying to chase down someone through fog. If this is as big of a wall of fog, I'm, I'm imagining it's basically a northern avalanche going south of just fog. And it's, it's not just like a small piece where they're like in it and then poof, they're out of it. They are in it for a good time. And the Jakar is struggling to find them. Thus the shriek of rage. Um, and it's it basically, it's going to lose them at this rate because it doesn't know where they are and can't do its little scream alarm thing to tell them exactly where which is probably the scream of rage being like, I can't find them, dadgummit. But it's also not going to know where to meet them, like where to be on the other side of the fog, because it's not that smart. So just a little tidbit that it doesn't explicitly state now, but it is it is accurate to the story, especially to Drakkar. <clears throat> so ironically now... Um, Rand figures out that the mist is probably here because of the one power. So he he finally realizes he's holding his breath because he didn't want to inhale the one power or something like that. And he's just like, oh, I've seen her use the one power on my dad and he's fine and blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, and he calls himself nine kinds of an idiot. I'm like, well, I didn't even realize there was nine kinds of idiot. But, I mean, if you're an idiot, I guess you'd probably know of nine of them. But it's... <laughs> so he's like, I can't ride the whole way, all the way to Tarn Ferry and beyond, without breathing. So... <laughs> yeah, that didn't stop him from trying, though. I know, right? Just... <laughs> Man, Rand had won so many points by having a head on his shoulders early on, and then now he seems to be, like, losing his mind. Granted, uh, granted, he is very ignorant on the topic, but I mean, it's still like, geez, think, think, boy, think. So the air is very heavy. 
but it's a little bit colder than a normal foggy night, so there's no real difference. So he just kind of like tries to believe it, but doesn't really believe it. He's just like, it's still the one power. And that makes him uncomfortable. I imagine how Tom feels. <laughs> um, so Lan keeps him close and they could always see each other's outlines at the worst. But Lan doesn't slow down and Moraine's keeping up with them. So everybody else is just like, all right, we're going. So here we go with the Drakkar where the shrills that were chasing them kind of just disappeared. But then dogs still barked past more farms. Nothing really that big has changed, but he's getting a little saddle sore. So he feels like it's been hours, but again, he's not very good at keeping track of time. We already saw that watch hill. Um, and they're in a gray fog, so who knows? Now, I would say it's also extremely dangerous to draw, to go at the speed they're going in a dead fog, in a dead gallop. Or I should say in a dead gallop, in a dead fog. But it, it's you're, who knows? The ground's probably not going to be completely smooth, flat the entire way. So if they hit anything a pothole because you know they don't pay taxes so they don't have anybody to come by and fix their roads um i mean Mm. (laughs) sorry libertarian joke um but if if a horse steps in one of those holes trips over a root runs into a rock anything that's game over man like it's over but they don't have that apparently go ahead no, I was just saying, I said, when they finally get they just turn around. It's like, oh, we lost Matt. <laughs> Poor Matt's laying out there, help me, help me. And you hear this big screech. And it's like, ah, oh, no, never mind, don't help me. <laughs> but, ah, <laughs> uh, Blazing Saddles. But, um, so basically they're like, all right, we're, we think we lost him. Drakkar, that is, not Matt. <laughs> but um i think they lost the Drakkar, and he's like hoping that these shadows behind him are his friends so um he's got his his shirt's got so much cold dampness to it that it's literally clinging to him so as they're going really fast um you can kind of feel that cloud is just moving at the pace that it just appears he doesn't move he's not moving at all because he can't see the horse's legs all he can kind of feel is the shock of the horses hitting the ground and whatnot and then uh lan all of a sudden tells everybody like oh 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 hold up hold up so <laughs> rand did not expect it so he just kind of like barrels cloud right between lan and moraine <laughs> and then going like a half a dozen strides before he could even get cloud to stop and again that's a racehorse yeah, so, and a little bit more, just a little bit more warning on it, like Land's part would have been a little, like a little better. But to be know? to be fair to Land though, they're still in a fog, so even if the fog had just finished, he only has so much time to tell him, hold up. Now here's the thing: if Land hadn't said hold up, they probably would have plowed right into a house, <laughs> <laughs> which has been hilarious. 
Uh, I kind of want to see that now. Just... I know, right? Just like, ah! <laughs> oh! I'm just imagining Rand on his horse with, like, a bra stuck to his face. He's like, ah! <laughs> Cartoon style. But, um, yeah. So, he goes flying through. I'm just imagining everybody else behind him is probably too tired to do that because they're not racehorses. But, um... So they get to the ferry, or they get to Tarn Ferry, and there's a bit of a description, and he had never been here before, um, but then <laughs> Land comes past him, don't be so eager, sheepherder, and I was like, <laughs> I don't think that was the whole point of eagerness, I think that was the point of, you gave me a stop at a very, it's like when you're, you're coming into a fog, and all of a sudden the last, like, you can only see like two feet in front of your car, you're going like 40 miles an hour, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, there's a stop sign. So you just like slam the brakes and you slide right forward, possibly even through it. And then all of a sudden, the guy comes, like some guy comes trotting by on a horse. We're like, "Hey, don't be so eager." <laughs> it's like I couldn't see anything. <laughs> so, um, Rand falls into pace, just like again. He's just embarrassed. He's an embarrassed mess. Um, one dog by itself was barking at him like crazy, then runs away. Um, there are a couple lights on for like people who are like really early lit risers. So I'm kind of guessing it's oh, three, four in the morning, knowing typical, yeah. typical farmer uh, lives and whatnot. I don't know how much farming Tarn Ferry does per se, but um, it's more of a fisherman's village. But even then, fishing is probably better earlier in the morning, from what I understand. But they typically, people I know, like my cousins who go out. Uh, fishing and whatnot typically go out like you know five or six in the morning but i guess it might take them longer to get everything around in the morning and stuff at this time frame and whatnot. i i don't really know i couldn't give you a definitive answer but it's my guesstimation it's between three and four um because there's some lights on maybe like a single candle to help somebody get ready while somebody else is still sleeping or whatever i'm assuming i'm assuming there's some children that are probably still going to be passed out for a bit and their parents are getting ready, you know, getting breakfast and all that stuff. Um, but it's still dark out. And here we have a little description. That's kind of an interesting description. It's Rand had met a few people from the Tarn ferry or had met few people from Tarn ferry. He tried to recall what he, little he knew about them. They seldom ventured down into what they called the quote unquote, the lower villages. Uh, with their noses up as if they smelled something bad, which is funny considering they're the fishermen. Um, mm. The few he had met bore strange names like Hilltop and Stoneboat. One and all, tar Tarn Ferry folk had a reputation for slyness and trickery. If you shook hands with the Tarn Ferry men, people said you counted your fingers afterwards. So, I... <sighs> I'm really getting the Lord of the Rings vibe. You got Hilltop, Stoneboat, and Underhill. <laughs> Master <laughs> Underhill. Um, but <laughs> they are strange names, but we don't hear too much from Tarn Fairy folk very often. Um, so, Land Moraine stop at a particular tall house. It's very dark. Um, but it looks like everything else in the fog. Um... And basically, <laughs> the warder just poofs off of his horse and poofs on the ground because, again, quote, 
and uh, goes through the door and just starts ramming the door with his fist. <laughs> bam, 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 knocking really, really hard. And Matt is like, I thought he wanted quiet. <laughs> so his land keeps just ramming the door and um. banging on it. And a light appears in the window of the next house and someone shouts, but land keeps going. <laughs> And apparently the neighbors are not happy that land exists, but <laughs> then the, uh, the doors flung open by a guy in a nightshirt that is long enough to go down to his ankles. So he's either really short or it's a really long shirt. I'd assume it's a long shirt, but, um, he's got an oil lamp with a narrow face and pointed features. Typically noses, but he also might have a pointed chin, kind of a, a, a more slender, narrower type face. Um, he's about to say something really like angry, but he just realized there's a lot of fog and it's not normal for them to see fog, obviously, because he would, his eyes would not be bulging if this was a normal occurrence. Um <laughs> And then he he goes basically into kind of like uh <laughs> he goes into kind of like I I'm I'm just picturing this like a uh, a Broadway play where he's like what's this what's this <laughs> like, I don't know why but it it sounds like a musical um, yeah he just opens the door to Jack Skellington just what's this yeah. what's this what's what's up in the yeah <laughs> basically <laughs> and um. I actually didn't think about that particular play, but yeah, that's, <laughs> it actually makes sense. But um, um, yeah, I'd watched that recently. Uh, I need to watch that again, but you know, Halloween's over for another three hundred and sixty some days. Uh, but so he he got the little tendrils of the fog are reaching into the doorway, and he's kind of like trying to back up from them. And I'm gonna pick it up from here, Master Hightower, Land said. Just the men I need. We want to cross over on your ferry. He never even saw a high tower. Matt snickered. <laughs> Rand, <laughs> Rand made... <laughs> Sorry. Mm. Uh, that's what he said. Uh, Matt snickered. <laughs> Rand making such emotions at his friend. The sharp-faced fellow raised his lamp higher and peered down at them suspiciously. Classic Tarn Ferryman. After a moment, Master Hightower said crossly, The ferry goes over in daylight, not in the night, not ever, and not in this fog, neither. Come back when the sun's up and the fog's gone. He started to turn away, but Land caught his wrist. The ferryman opened his mouth angrily. Gold glinted in the lamplight as the warder counted out coins one by one in the other, into the other's palm. Hightower licked his lips as the coins clinked, an inch, or, and by inches his head moved closer to his hand as if he could not believe what he was seeing. And as much again, Land said, when we are safely on the other side. But we leave now. Now? Chewing his lower lip, the ferrety man shifted his feet <laughs> and peered out at the mist-laden night, then nodded abruptly. Now it is. Well, let loose my wrist. I have to rouse my haulers. You don't think I pull the ferry across myself, do you? I will wait at the ferry, Land said 
flatly, flatly, <laughs> um, for a little while. He released his hold on the ferryman. Master Hightower jerked the handful of coins to his chest and, nodding agreement, hastily shoved the door closed on, with his hip. Now, what makes you think mm. that he would just not come back out and just have his gold? <laughs> like, one would think that, considering Tarn Fairy folk do not have the greatest of reputations. You know, it's just Lan, you're just sitting next to the fairy, just on it, just waiting for a couple hours, and he's just like, crap. Yeah. <laughs> but. The promise of gold sounds like it's probably going to bring him out of his little house and probably with help as well. Um, so I would say we're probably going to be seeing Master Hightower again. Just a hint. So that would be the end of this chapter. Did you have any uh, no. words to cover up any of the any of the uh, stuff we've gone over? Or... Uh, aside from just expanding on uh, how I guess ill-equipped Rand is for uh, this adventure. Well, to be fair, they're all ill-equipped. This kind of happened. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's just what happens here that in this chapter, at least, uh, we're at least showed the intro and like first um first encounter and they like how inept he actually is. Yeah, to be fair, it does focus on Rand a bit more um than the others. <clears throat> but um it's kind of actually moved away a bit from Rand more onto the group to give us a different yeah. feel about like what's going on. But Yeah, there, there are times where it is over the kind of widens the scope really. But then it narrows it abruptly right afterwards back down to him. Yeah. But it'll 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 fluctuate back and forth. Um But yeah, I mean I think it's a little we got a little bit of interesting lore and history on the Drakkar, and I kinda added a little bit of my own from later on to it to kind of help describe like the situation for some people. Um But they're in a hurry. They made some good time, and, I mean, it helped that they had magic, considering Trollocs will even get exhausted at some point. Yeah. Not I to mean, mention they're extremely lazy, but... Yeah. <laughs> There's that. Yeah. Well, her... it just, I, just to have you, like, a spell that I could just, yeah, just zap on myself and just be like, I'm no longer tired. Excellent. I, I'm going to tell you right now, you're not going to necessarily want that spell. Well, you know, but I don't, I don't know the downsides yet. There, so there are drawbacks, and they're not pleasant drawbacks. Just letting you know. I'll let you figure that one out on your own, or get to it when we get to it. But <clears throat> it, it, it's nifty in its own way for a short time. But I would not want to particularly have access to this very often. Just throwing that out there. Anyway, um, any more thoughts? Um, not really. I mean, like, there are like a few like uh, interesting hints in there. Okay. Uh, you, like, um, <laughs> uh, just get like a little section in which he says here that um, rain 
can't do it for herself or what she does for others. She can like, cast. I, she can cast the one power on other people for the most part, but she can't really cast it on herself. Yeah, I found it that interesting just because it like um, Rand, the POV, the POV character, and also I guess us as the readers don't actually know that much about he like the one power, the one power, <laughs> power into magic, and he like the nest. I guess he like the rules of like magic as it goes. Well, and that's the thing is that Lan pointing out that she can't do it for herself is kind of the filling in of a little bit of information on the one power. I mean, it's a 15 book series. <clears throat> We're going to be learning something new about the one power, basically every book. So it's not going to be like, Oh, I just know everything in the first book and there's nothing mysterious about it at all. No, it's, it's quite literally going to be a continuing learning process in a good way. Yeah. Well, you know, you want you to like, he got sprinkle, so he so he's routes and stuff, just having like a three three solid block chapters of you just say like, no, oh, these are the fundamentals of magic. Yeah. To do it, you must say channel I... the mana through blah 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 blah. To do it, you must hop on one foot for five hours straight, turn six feet to the left, and do a twiddle do twiddle dee dance. Or in my favorite, you shall pull the pin on five. Or, no, no, fool the pit on three. One, two, five. Three, my lord. Three! <laughs> uh, I can't believe I fledged that up. Anyway, um, we'll learn a bit more about... We'll learn a bit more about the one power, so I wouldn't focus too much on it. I just wanted to kind of point out some specific aspects of it. And it also... Yeah. When, I, when I'm saying she can't... When she can't cast it, so to speak, on herself... On herself it's not like that's applicable to everything. It's only on certain things. Um, some things you can cast on yourself, but that in itself is the weave itself that has the limitations, not necessarily that. It, it For her, it'd be kind of like, for this particular one, how do you give yourself energy when you're taking energy from yourself to give you energy? Make sense? Yeah, you just, you just get a feedback loop and then you just rapidly age and die. Probably, but I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know because you're not even you can't even do it. So at least I'll find out find out next time. <laughs> next time on do you get the feedback loop or not? <laughs> on the next episode of does this work? <laughs> uh, I'm going to tell you right now that's a very bad way to mess with the one power. <laughs> Remember those drawbacks I was telling you about? There's a lot of them, especially when you don't have a whole lot of information on what you're doing. Ah, uh, come on, man. This is it, like, blue sky thinking, you know? This is it, like, proper in-depth, like, uh, investigations that we're doing right here. Experimentation. Well, I can tell well, you right now, you will not be making very many investigations if you keep that up. <laughs> well, but... well, I'm not doing it. It's the poor interns, but... Uh, yeah, well, so many interns. Uh, I wish we had interns. Anyway... <laughs> <laughs> anyway um, uh, so that so that's that for that chapter and that's next chapter, chapter 11 yes and that will bring us here to chapter 12 across, across the taran, the taran. <laughs> so the taran is actually the river so yes no one got the taran so it's, ferry. It's, like, it's the ferry across yeah. the taran but I'm... it's very yeah. very literal didn't didn't yeah. give that didn't give any credit for that i mean you know i mean high tower <laughs> 
anyway, that is it for chapter 11. Um, come join us again next week for chapter 12, Across the Taran, where we will learn the fates of the party. Like we will every week after. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, uh, I'm looking forward to diving into the next chapter and hopefully you are as well. Um, yeah, likewise. The suspense is starting to pick up. Slowly, but starting to get there. Um, we've got a few chapters until it really, really gets rolling, but it is definitely on its way. So, um, just wanted to thank everybody for coming out and spending time with us. And um, if you've been able to, you know, tell your friends, family, or random strangers about us and kind of spread the word, we definitely appreciate it. Um, we would like to get out to a little bit more people so we can have more conversation and that uh, those of you listening have more people to talk to and plot and discuss all of the potentials, mysterious events of the series if you're first time first time listeners slash readers um and if you're somebody who's done it before then maybe you could be a little sly about it and you know <laughs> pull a good old justin and then uh lead him on into the story and let them get caught on surprise and have a fun laugh out of it but uh we do ask that if you are a veteran kind of returning back to the story please do not ruin the story for anybody else Please keep it only to the area that we have covered in previous episodes. And then as we get further and further and people are keeping up to date, um, feel free to keep up to date with us on that as well. Um, if you have anything that's kind of like to the newest episode and you're not sure if somebody has caught up yet, uh, just kind of like throw like a spoiler alert or something before anybody can read it. Just so that way no one is has a story ruined for them because nobody wants to do that. I mean, you could literally tell the entire story of 15 books in like 10 seconds if you wanted to really squeeze it up, but it's, it's not any fun to miss all the details and the adventures and stuff if you do it that way. So just please avoid doing that. Um, you could send any questions, comments, concerns, <laughs> or any critiques about, uh, what we're doing here to us at tales of a red arm at gmail.com or Twitter uh, at on Twitter. You can reach us at, at tales of a red arm also on Facebook on our Facebook page for tales of a red arm. Um, we'd love to have you and hopefully you'd love to have us, but <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. Um, hopefully we will see you guys next week for chapter 12. So, anything else, James, before cut off? Or uh, that's pretty much it. So, All right. so we'll see you guys around. Until next time. We drink all night and dance all day, and on the girls we'll spend our pay. And when we're done, then we'll away to dance with Jack of the Shadows. We'll toss the dice however they fall And snuggle the girls be they short or tall And follow young Matt wherever he goes To dance with Jack of the Shadows We'll toss the dice however they fall And snuggle the girls be they short or tall Then follow Lord Matt wherever he goes To dance with Jack of the Shadows
We'll we'll give give a yo with a bloody curse and hog the maids that could be worse. Let's ride away with the dark woods first to dance with Jack of the Shadows. Yeah. 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 Yeah.